if you fucking bring up Dr. McDoo or Dr. Bombay again, I'm gonna fucking kill you and destroy Europe, you Kareem. Oh, hello there, and welcome to the Mystery Meat Podcast. Um, we're not plotting to destroy Europe or Kareem. We don't have a backup editor, haha. Um, I'm Robbie, <laughs> and these are my co-hosts, um, Dr. Fuckwits and Dr. Ruben. <laughs> I love Dr. McDo. I swear to God, I will kill time. you. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> YouTube, that's a joke. Um, anyways, um, uh, today, or this week, or I don't fucking know, we have three albums we're reviewing on this episode, because Robbie can't speak English anymore. First up is Thriller by Michael Jackson. Um, if you don't know who he is... Don't tell me you don't know, because I will feel old when you tell me you were born in, like, 2008. Um, then we have Light Me Up by Pretty The Pretty Reckless by Ruben. And then we have an album YouTube would hate called Memoirs of a Murderer by King810. They say fuck a lot. So, Kareem, how about you um, get into your um, review, or else Dr. McDo will diagnose you with stupid. This animated drawing shows how a farrowing house without a guardrail permits the sow to lie on her offspring, causing injury or death. Yeah, get in your duck and re- review. Yeah, yeah, oh, come on, right. man. Uh, okay. We got a time schedule here. All right, all right. Okay, so Michael Jackson was an American singer, songwriter, dancer, and philanthropist. Uh, he's also known as the King of Pop, and he's considered one of the most significant cultural figures of the 20th century. Yeah, like Robbie said, if you don't know who Michael Jackson is, uh, I, I don't know. Are you like a fucking... Whatever, I could, I could make a list of it. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> Listen, if you don't know, who, if you don't know who, who Michael Jackson is, um, I, f- I pray for your soul. That's what I do. <laughs> Alright, so uh, there's a lot of info on him, so I'll keep it simple. He was born in Gary, Indiana in 1958 and was the eighth out of ten children in the Jackson family. Uh, Before he did his solo work in 1979, he was part of a group called the Jackson Five, which was composed of four members of the Jackson family and his dad was the manager. And before we get into the album, I'll just go over like some general like um, info stuff on him because he did some some roles in movies, had a bunch of uh, successful albums. Uh, He actually produced wrote and starred in his own movie uh called moonwalker yeah um and yeah i haven't seen it but i've heard it's kind of weird and crazy um something else about michael jackson that some people might find interesting so he's from a city called gary indiana and gary is one of those rust belt cities that you never hear about because it's probably not gonna have anybody by the end of the century living in it Gary was built around a factory. It was meant as a factory town. And when those were closed, people started leaving. So Michael Jackson is from the Rust Belt. And while we're seeing some cities like Detroit and Chicago, you know, having a comeback and maybe getting over their issues, you have others like Gary and Flint where they're struggling or they're dying out. Um, Interestingly, there are stories about um, Michael Jackson's uh, home in Gary, it's like a museum or whatever, and it's really well kept. But then the houses next to it are decrepit. Like, there's a lot of abandoned houses in Gary, but his house is immaculate. So it's like, people will go to Gary to see Michael Jackson's house, and then they just get out. There's nothing else to do in Gary. It's honestly a sad story. It's not... Yeah, it, it's a sad story. You Do we want to discuss that or the album cover next? Um, um uh, My thing was... Uh... A lot of his siblings are famous too, like Janet Jackson. You know, uh, they had uh, success outside of 
uh, the Jackson 5 as well. Randy Jackson, I mean, a lot of people know Randy Jackson probably now from, like, American Idol. And, I, I, I again, I'll reiterate, if you don't know who Randy Jackson is or American Idol is, I'm going to feel old. So What's uh, American yeah, Idol? <laughs> I'm not going to explain it to you. Look it up on YouTube. I know That's what, what it I'm is. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, in general, like, just look it up on YouTube. Like, YouTube. Like, just say, Randy Jackson, American Idol. The first thing that will pop up, you heard the word dog uh, probably about 20 times within 10 seconds. That's that's literally Randy Jackson. It's really actually funny. There was actually a video. I can't remember who it was. Uh, it was... It was this uh, person named Jace Hall, and it was a YouTube uh, like TV series, kind of like when those things were kind of coming out. They had like series coming out, and uh, he visited Randy Jackson, and he counted all the times Randy Jackson said the word "dog," and it was it was like sixty times within like maybe like two minutes. It was really funny. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, Michael Jackson is a really big name. Uh, it's really hard not to go anywhere with recent music and like maybe ask like one of like, the pop stars. And if you say like, do you know who Michael Jackson is? I probably definitely know who the fuck Michael Jackson is. Um, he's just a very influential person, uh, especially in dance, especially in dance. He's very influential, uh, because he's, he's made up a few dance moves himself like just actually created them and so it's it's been uh he's he's been one of the, probably the most influential yeah I, I i would say for me probably like i think me and robbie talked about this like you can't reach the kind of stardom he he had uh anymore like he he had like this fucking he had stardom like it was crazy amount, but it it, it uh it was like almost cultish, you know. I would I, I I that's how I view it, kind of. I don't know what what do you think, Robbie? Um. So first, I do want to say that also his daughter has his daughter who is only a few days younger than or older than me also released an album of her own in 2020. Um. As far as superstardom, I do think it's still possible. It's just like it was in the past, extremely hard to maintain. Eminem is one of the biggest selling rappers of all time. People should still know his name. But even in his day, the closest someone got to that in the 2000s is probably 50 Cent. Not a lot of people know who 50 is outside of rap. Or, well, you know, they should because of um, In the Club and um, Candy Shop. And if you ask what those songs are, um, you are probably um, suburban or too young. Anyways, um, <laughs> that, that, those are my um, thoughts. Um, I do think it's still possible. It's just a different calculus than it was back then because back then it might have been also easier to maintain. But I think like Taylor Swift and Kanye West were able to use social media in a way to become quote-unquote superstars. I think Taylor Swift still was able to maintain it. I think also Ariana Grande is another one who has succeeded. Kanye has failed for reasons we're not going to discuss on this episode, um, but you probably have heard them. Michael Jackson's level of success, though, I think was also partially because of how connected his family was. Because his father was important, notable, his mother's notable, the Jackson 5 are notable. Like, he had a lot of support getting to where he was, and that's not a bad thing at all. I'm not insulting him. I'm just saying that more so... He had a foundation. Yeah, and it's like... Yeah. I don't want to make him sound like an industry plant because he's not, but I do think to some extent he had that industry backing, and that's really good. 
um, especially at the start, and especially from how young he was when it was there. I think also, though, personally, that kind of hurt him heavily, but I'm not sure if we really want to get into Michael Jackson's, um, how he was and the like in this episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, that was kind of part of my issue with, uh, getting all the research stuff, but uh, I'm just gonna skip ahead to, like, the, the death, and then I'm probably just gonna start talking about the album, and then we can just talk oh, about Oh, you're gonna it. skip ahead to your death? Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, so sadly, Michael Jackson died in 2009 due to cardiac arrest from a drug overdose, uh, due to his personal physician, Conrad Murray. He gave him various medications to help him sleep, but I, I guess the concoction that he gave him that, uh, in that situation was too much. Uh, later, his death in 2000, uh, later that year, it was ruled that his death was a homicide, and Conrad Murray was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter in 2011. Um, on a lighter note, let's talk about the album. Thriller is his sixth studio album, which was released in 1982. It was, uh, despite the, um, the titular title, uh, and the track, I mean, the titular track, uh, yeah. It was released in November 29th, so it actually wasn't even really that close to October. And this was uh, his first number one album on the U.S. Billboard Top LPs and Tapes chart, and it spent 37 consecutive weeks at number one. It also set a record for the most top 10 singles from an album, and it is considered the best-selling album all-time globally. It sold over 7 million copies. I don't know if those numbers are... I, who knows how fucking big the numbers are now. It is the best-selling non-compilation album and second best-selling album overall in the United States. Uh, the, the one that's number one is actually uh, a compilation album from the Eagles called Their Greatest Hits. And when he was making it... Well, actually, no. I'll talk about that later. Uh, what, do we, what do we think about it? Let's just get into it. Um, I liked it. It's Michael Jackson. I didn't really go in with high expectations. I guess I didn't have low expectations. I don't generally like... Uh, Michael Jackson a lot, but at the same time, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. The Girl Is Mine is kind of funny because um, it features Paul McCartney on it, and Paul McCartney sounds like he's going to beat the shit out of Michael, and Michael's just like a little, okay, bro, whatever, loser, and it's like... Michael is clearly going to get yeah. the girl. Michael yeah. is clearly much more calm, and, you know, if he gets beaten up, he's probably going to, you know, get the girl because Paul's a goddamn jack. Anyways, um, yeah, no, um, I liked this album. I think the album cover is kind of overrated, but that's because I've seen it constantly. Everything about this album, it not everything, but most of it is everywhere. This is an album that a lot of people consider iconic. Thriller is a song that is constantly played in every single fucking Halloween store across the United States. It's played constantly every October. I mean, it's played in a shit ton. I I've heard it Thriller more times than I care to admit. And, I mean, that doesn't mean it's a bad song. I actually don't mind that I've heard it a metric fuck ton. But, um, I will this conclude with, thriller, uh... Thriller night. <laughs> my groove! Anyways, um... Sorry! Yeah, you should be. Um, anyways, um, Paul is dead and, uh, Michael is better. Those are my closing thoughts on the album. I'm gonna just say that, like, because when he was making this album, he, uh quote-unquote said he wanted every song to be a killer and one of his issues with like other albums he heard uh was that like sometimes he would have uh one good song and the rest were like b-sides so why can't every song be a hit song 
why can't every song be great that people would want to buy it if you can release it? As yeah. A and I, I think, yeah, that was like, I, I think he definitely nailed that. That's what he was going well, for. I think I that's part of the, it's weakness also because singles aren't bad. It's not bad for every song to be good. But I feel like he was also being cynical there with how an album is normally made. Oh, There's nine tracks on this thing, and he released seven of them as singles. So, I mean, he did basically make an album of singles, but also when every song, for me personally, I needed to feel some kind of connection between each song, or at least I like it when there is. With this album, it does feel like a compilation to me. Because, again, he was aiming to make everything sound like a single. And it worked. Right. It's kind of like, because I've, because I, I mean, who hasn't fucking heard most of these songs on this fucking album? It, it's like, it, it, like literally looking at like how the albums are like, that the track listings are arranged. And not even this one. I was looking at Bad, too. It, it's like crazy how many of like hit singles were like on like the albums. Like it's kind of, it, it feels weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, what, what would you think? Um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's very hard to talk about Michael Jackson, especially you know, because we do run on uh, a time limit uh, because he has such an extensive history. Um, like I said, like he's such an influence, not just in music, but like in dance and choreography. Like there's just a lot of things like he, he has influenced and we could talk about him. We could take a whole episode to talk about Michael Jackson in depth because he's just that well known. Uh, and he's he was just that well established in in that industry, and yeah, this album in particular, yeah, it, it just it just blew up. Uh, I think this is yeah, this is his most iconic album, and probably uh, the most iconic thing he ever did. Probably other than that was like play on the Ed Sullivan show and fucking kill it. You know what I mean? Every fucking time as a kid, because he was really good performer. Like that's the thing is he was a great performer. And even in these songs, he's a great performer. Uh, you know, he, he makes it fun for you to watch. And in some, in some way, like some of it's cheesy. Yes. But like, it's fun too. You know, like the dancing's fun. Everything's yeah. kind of fun about it. Uh, that's kind of what I like about him. Um, and I know like he's overplayed, but like, I still like a lot of his songs. Uh, so, but with this album in particular, uh, I love it. You know, I, I I can't really deny it. Like, it doesn't really bother me that I've listened to Thriller probably a million times. It was played when you were born, Ruben, and it'll be yeah, played it at your was. funeral. Can't <laughs> <Until you die. laughs> be playing until you die. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gonna haunt my life forever. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I I dig this album. That's really all I have to say. Like, I I can't really praise it. Uh, there's no, no words that I could really do to praise it because, really, honestly, I don't think it's his like best shit. But like, you know, I can't deny like he knows how to make the market. Like, he knows how to market it. He knows how to like draw you to it. I guess, especially probably back in like the '80s because that just just was big. He was just huge back then. I mean, he was still was huge after that. You know, so right. Also, I, I really do like the album cover. I, I, more the like the full image because he has like a baby tiger in that one. But I also kind of just like how the um like the font on the title kind of makes it feel like he autographed it. So uh, no one like, cares about the font. Shut up, Ruben. You you like the the baby tiger? Who are you, Joe Exotic? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a meme. I'm not gonna explain the meme, but there's a meme out there with this. <laughs> <laughs> with this album cover, and that's all I see. Oh, that's no. all I see. 
Explain the meme to me after the episode and not to them, Ruben. Yeah, I'm gonna have to see the fucking meme, because I don't know what it is. I'll I'll explain the meme to you after this episode. Alright, so do you want to go into ratings? Eight. Yeah. Alright, uh... Ten. Ten. I'm gonna have to give it a ten. I I wanted to give it a six, because I was, like, burnt out, but nah, it's a ten. I I wouldn't feel right if I gave it less. Oh, bam. Bam, bam. Oh God, guys. Um, I'm 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 sorry. I'm not moving it up to a ten, but um, I'll move it up to a nine. I mean, that's fine. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. So that is a nine point seven out of ten mystery meat sticks. Ooh. And again, I do Ooh. think it's a very strong album. I just kind of wish he had put more in here that wasn't just single material. But I also understand, you know, I, I don't go into Michael Jackson expecting him to be super deep or trying to do anything super meaningful. I kind of view him as one of those pop stars that is primarily focused on trying to get you to relax and dance and have fun. And I do think he delivered here. I just think there's probably better Michael Jackson material for that as well. Yeah. No, there's definitely better ones. I don't disagree with you, but I also will give it a 10 just because just the fact like it, it's so iconic. Yeah. And for me, it's pretty it's pretty ingrained in my life because I grew up listening to it. And like, I can't deny like I still really like it. So, um, Ruben, do you want to tell us about your your Avril Lavigne and the knockoff band? There's no, and it's fun. Why do you keep doing this? The one time we did this, it was with Evanescence too. Listen, Ruben, God needs an enemy, Ruben. So, devil, don't cry. You better have listened to my full album for you idiots to get the reference. Not not the viewer, but you two goombas. Tell us about the about light me up by the pretty reckless now. Chicken, Peter, you just a little chicken. Who are you calling a chicken? Uh, so the Pretty Reckless is an American rock band from New York City, formed in 2009. The band consists of Taylor Monson, uh, lead vocals, uh, rhythm guitar, Ben Phillips, uh, which is the lead guitarist, and he's backing vocals. Uh, Mark Damon is bass, and Jamie Perkins is drums. So this band that we're listening to, it Light Me Up is their debut studio album. Uh, and it released in August of 2010. The album spawned like moderately successful singles, most notably Make Me Want to Die. Uh, the band released the Hit Me Like a Man EP uh, in early 2012. Uh, and that that was probably their... Then After that, their next studio uh, album was Going to Hell. But specifically, we're going to talk about <clears throat> Light Me Up. Uh, if you don't, uh, this is a fun fact, by the way, too, is uh, Taylor Munson, uh, if you don't know, if you've ever seen the uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the one with Jim Carrey in it, uh, she was Cindy Lou Who. So that's who uh, is the lead singer of this band. It's actually pretty funny. Wow, uh, I didn't know cool. Avril Lavigne had that role. <laughs> Shut up, she <laughs> did not. Um, for two years... Uh, singer, rhythm guitarist, and Gossip Girl. Oh, she was also a Gossip Girl uh, actress. Taylor Monson worked with several producers before meeting Kato Kondwala. Monson has said that she liked Kondwala because she uh, he was a rock producer as opposed to a pop producer. Kondwala introduced Monson to Ben Phillips, and the three of them began to write songs together. Three unnamed musicians were hired to form the band with Munson. The band were originally called The Reckless. 
but had changed the name due to trademark problems. It's always trademark problems, isn't it? Uh, I, I run in that all the time. Like, there's all, always a band that is like, we couldn't do um, fucking Dirty Pimple because of trademark reasons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I bet you there is a there is a band called Dirty Pimple. Is there? If there's a band called Fuck, there's a band called Dirty Pimple. Okay. We're gonna uh, have issues with the podcast name because of trademark. The other, the thirty other fucking mystery meat fucking podcasts, bastards. Keep going. Yeah. The band played its first concert in May fifth of two thousand nine at the Annex in New York. After seven concerts, the lineup of the band was changed. And uh, the new lineup of the band consisted of Munson with John Socolo as guitar, Matt Trillio, uh, Trilli uh, as bass, and Nick Carboni. God, there's a lot of uh, a lot of names I can't pronounce here. <laughs> the second lineup of the band also played its first concert in an Annex on June 3rd of 2009 so basically you know they're kind of a relatively newish band i mean they've been around since 2009 but they didn't really blast off until probably uh when they had light me up is there anything you want to uh add before i go on to the album um so i will say this um i i've been joking about the avril lavigne comparison being bad i think honestly oh wait a minute we're still in the biographical section i'm a brain fart i'm going back in my hole now i'm so sorry ruben forgive me I have sinned. Did you want to wait? No, no, no. I, I, I didn't realize we were in biographical. I was just going to jump into the album. What's I wasn't thinking. Girl? <laughs> I mean, we can jump in the album. We, we can jump to the album if you guys don't have anything. Yeah, yeah I, I, I have nothing of substance. Uh, all right. So just about when I ask you guys if he's adding anything, and then I'm just going to say, let's go into the album. Oh, what were you guys' thoughts? Um, honestly, the Avril Lavigne comparisons have been jokes. I mean, I do think they sound like her in a positive way if she had done more of a rock tilt. Um, I think they fit for 2000s rock, although I do kind of think they also debuted a bit too late to really catch on in a bigger way. I know you can't really fucking help that, but I don't really know how well they fit in the 2010s because, again, they don't sound bad. It's just when we go into 2010s rock, what I'm thinking of is a shit like Bring Me the Horizon with Sympaternal, King 810, which I know is metal and very violent. But like, I don't know. I liked the album. I don't think it's bad. If you put it on in the car, I'll listen to it. But I'm also not sure how many of these tracks I would actually go back and listen to on their own accord. Like, they have some good tracks on here. Like, they have My Medicine and they have fucking... Make me want to die. Light me up. I actually don't think I like to make me want to die that much. Actually, no. Yes, I did. You're, God damn it. I'm a brain fart. That's, <laughs> that's that's ultimately kind of my point, though, is for me personally, they're a little bit forgettable. I want to like them. I want them to be better, but I don't really think they're a super great band. I don't think they're terrible. I don't think they're bad. I think they're worth listening to. It's just I kind of want to hear another album or two before I decide that they're, you know, quote-unquote, I guess, good or great, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Uh, what about you, Frank? Um, I, I definitely would like to check out some of their um, other albums, but I, I, I'd like this. Um, I really liked Zombie. I liked Miss Nothing. I liked My Medicine. I like Going Down. I don't really like the album cover, but I do like the, um, because... It's kind of cute. I, I guess, but, um... Like the, I guess for Japan, 
they released a different version of the cover. Um, and I think that was, it just looks better to me. I, oh my god, the Japanese cover is actually really fucking good. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, they should have went with that one. The reason they changed it is probably because of some kind of Japanese law or some bullshit. Yeah, it might have been something like that. Like, they can't show a kid with lighter or some shit. But uh, beyond that, I mean, I think it was a good album. I'll probably, I'm probably not going to listen through the whole thing again. But, like, if I definitely... I'll probably, like, check out more of their stuff. I'll probably pick up some of those songs from uh, this album and put it in my playlist. Um, yeah, I liked it. I think they were pretty uh, pretty good. I think they vibed with me. I, like, really like a lot of the bluesy uh, undertones about it. You know, they're very bluesy. In, in a lot of ways so it's like it, it kind of is alternative in that way you know it's it's kind of a mix of a uh, blues and heavy rock and like uh kind of like yeah that kind of like punkish kind of yeah style kind of like kind of like avril lavigne shut up and then i also um i like to you not... since i was kind of like it felt different from what the, the rest of the album was i, I like yeah it. um yeah. i do think it is interesting because yes they're alternative but i kind of I don't know if alternative means experimental. I think in a way they're experimental, but in a safe way, and that's not a bad thing. I think they do it really well with the incorporation of the blues, with the incorporation of some elements that you just wouldn't see in mainstream rock. I think they stand out to some extent on their own, but again, the issue comes in that there are not Avril Lavigne, I promise not her. There are others doing kind of what they're doing, and it's not necessarily being done better by them. It's just being done similarly. Um, that said, mm -hmm. they do still release albums. They had an album released last year. Um, and I do think that, again, they're a band to you know keep an eye on, potentially. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm going to go in the ratings. Um, I'm going to start. I'm going to give this album an 8. Okay, I'm going to give it a 6. I'm going to give it a 7. Okay. You only gave it a 7, so we wouldn't have a decimal. Right. No, I actually didn't. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm that's a 7 out of 10 uh, mystery meat sticks. I think Kareem's a bitch about that. You think Kareem is that smart? You think Kareem's yeah, that smart? Yes, that yes smart. I do. I think he is. I think he <laughs> understands how this always works out. I would never. Um, hey, you guys You guys remember how I mentioned Flint, Michigan? That that was called a foreshadowing. Um, uh, anyway, so yeah. you want to hear about memoirs of a murderer? Yeah. It's hard to resist the tantalizing aroma and taste appeal of a sizzling hot dog. The nice part of it is, there's one waiting for you right now at the refreshment stand. I would like to hear about um, the typo negative knockoff. Okay. Typo negative is not this fucking brutal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The I mean, typo negative said, knockoff? Yeah, let's go. That said, I did call them as a joke, bring me the horizon, but violent. Um, <laughs> so, King 810, pronounced King 810, which is the area code for Flint, Michigan, is a new metal band from, oh my god, Flint fucking Michigan. Their current members included David Gunn, Eugene Gill, and Tim Lucier. David Gunn also raps as Yavid. Y-A-V-I-D. Um, and they have been active since 07. They're, we are reviewing their debut album, Memoirs of a Murderer. King 810 Sound is focused on their lives growing up in Flint. You don't really hear a lot about Flint. It's um basically a city that's worse than Detroit. Like You might listen to Eminem talk about 8 Mile, and yeah, it wasn't fun. It wasn't good. But when we think about broken down Rust Belt cities, we're going to go, oh, Chicago's Chirac, haha. But in reality, when some of the cities that are actually really fucking violent and bad are like Flint. 
which you might know because they had a water crisis, um, I believe, in the mid-2010s, late-2010s. And even then, they still don't have that much assistance. It's not a great place to be. And again, like, David Gunn was first, just for, I guess, to help paint a picture of how bad this place is to live in. Um, David Gunn was first arrested when he was in nine. And he has mentioned that it was typical for kids at that age to commit crimes and use firearms. Jesus. Um, This mm. album, though, and their music in general, has this kind of poetry to it it's extremely it's focused on the violence it's focused on the depression they have some genuinely sad songs even on this album such as devil don't cry and then they also have songs that are essentially war songs and then they have stuff that's in between i wouldn't really say king 810 sound is similar to really anyone i guess in a way it is there are elements of rap in here. There's uh, some spoken word occasionally. And really, though, I think their sound is their own. It might sound similar to some other big new metal bands or heavy metal bands. But, you know, ultimately, it's King 810. They're talking about their lives in Flint. They're talking about how horrible it is. And, you know, they are representing how it feels to live there. Um, some artists I would compare them to, honestly, would be artists in neighboring Detroit, like Eminem or Proof, or even kind of King Gordy to some extent. As far as this album, also, wait, no. So as far as their fan base is concerned... They both predate the official formation and the current name. Um, in Flint, their fans are known to get extremely violent at their concerts, with the one case occurring at a local music expo called Dirt Fest in 09. They moshed violently, they broke fences, and they fought against the police trying to pacify them. Some lit fireworks aimed at the crowd, and when the sound was a cut, they continued singing King 810's songs. And, you know, even before King 810 was actually signed, fans were had tattoos on their shins of the Flint area code 810. And some have even carved the band's logo into their skin, which if you listen to this album, they do have a song essentially about doing that. As far as the album goes, if I might speak a bit on that. I First, I like the album art a lot. It reminds me actually of Marshall Mathers' LP 1 and 2's album arts, which are pictures of Eminem's old home in his childhood home except this one i think paints a kind they're both not good pictures of detroit of a you know rust belt but i think this one is actually somewhat more harrowing because it's black and white because you have this giant tree next to these two dilapidated looking houses like this is horror imagery at its finest almost it's pretty damn scary yeah i i creaked in my boots i'm not even lying i'm gonna cut your legs off <laughs> anyways um <laughs> I got I so, gotta pee right now. I got pee right now because I got so scared. Am I allowed to speak, Ruben? <laughs> yes. Am I allowed <laughs> to speak? Okay. Before this album came out, Ruben, they had two EPs already under their belts. Midwest Monsters and Proem, both of which had tracks that would later get onto the album. And after Midwest Monsters was released, they got signed to Roadrunner Records to release Proem in June of 2014. And then they announced to this album a month later. They had originally recorded material for a full-length album in 08 with um, the label Equal Vision Records with a guitarist from a band called Chiodos named Jason Hale. However, the band dropped from the label and Jason Hale left the album. The album, and I mean left the band. The, that album was never released and we know nothing about the songs recorded for it. 
Um, also, this uh, album only had one single, and that was Fat Around the Heart. I, I could go more into this. I could go into some of their influences. They cite Korn as an influence, but um, I kind of also want to hear what you I, guys think. I kind of I kind of can feel the Korn influence. And even though I joked about the uh, typo negative, it does, it, the lead singer does remind me of just like an edgier Peter Steele, almost, and just kind of the tone and the way he delivers his lyrics. Because it is heavy metal, and not to say typo negative is not heavy metal, they're more goth metal. That's kind of like what you kind of feel here, but like you do hear the porn influence, because porn's not all um metal like it has like a little bit of reggae it has a bit of rap it has a little bit of a lot of that stuff in it you know but you definitely it's definitely not a happy album you know i mean it's definitely not happy well, what uh, what gave uh, you the indication it would be happy mr ruben with tracks like um, well i guess the track names don't really tell you it'll be sad but no no i mean like i mean there's one track i mean it, murder 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 i didn't think I was gonna be happy going into it. Uh, I didn't think like it was gonna be like a like marching band, and uh, it's just gonna be one person just going murder, murder, murder in a happy in a happy way, like a jester. I don't know. Uh, fat around the heart, like I could have thought that you know, that could have been happy. You know, joking aside, yeah, it's very the message is very clear. Is what I wanted to say when you listen to the album. The message is very clear that it's fucking horrible uh it's violent it's it is it's, it's fucking horrible uh it's not fun at all but it's good in a conceptual way it's good to listen to if you really are into if you feel that in you because i, I bet it's very relatable to a lot of people in Flint, michigan you know what i mean if they come there you know what i mean it's like yeah you know i lived through this and i feel this way um i don't know if i would ever go to a concert by them <laughs> I'm just going to admit that. Oh, well, you don't want to go visit Flint, Michigan and risk of being involved in a riot? Yeah, I don't want to get the shit yeah, out of you. Maybe. Come on, you don't want to get shot right after you exit the airport? Yeah. They have an international no airport, part. Ruben. Come on, you can just fly in from Canada and be like, oh, hey, I'm uh, my my best friend will murder me for that. Oh, hey, I'm a tourist. I heard this was a nice city. And you're going to get fucking shot immediately for being Canadian, even though you're fucking from Colorado. <laughs> Dumbass, Lamal. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't <laughs> want to do that. Uh, but yeah, um, I do highly recommend it. It's not bad. It's not at all bad. Uh, it's actually kind of cool. Um, it's kind of like bittersweet, also in a way. Even though it's really violent, it, it's also very bittersweet. Like you can kind of feel it. Like you feel that emotion through it. Uh, but w what do you think, Kareem? Uh, I really liked it. I, I really liked the spoken word uh, uh, parts of the album. I think that was like, because I don't really um, listen to many like albums and stuff that like usually have that in it. So I think that was really cool. Uh, how to really stand out. It was kind of it was giving me chills. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, I like the delivery. I'm I'm never gonna complain about finding new music to headbang to. So I, I overall, I mean, I I loved it. I liked Kill 'Em All. I liked Take It. I liked Murder, Murder, Murder. Uh, I didn't really have any tracks. I bet you did like Murder, Murder, Murder. <laughs> yeah. Um, I bet you did. Yeah, you psycho. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, my favorite King 810 tracks, and I know I was saying 810 constantly. I should be saying 810 because I promise I have a functioning brain. Anyways, my tracks of theirs tend, my favorite ones tend to be, I, I like a lot of the one really angry, really upset, yelling war music. But I also like the ones where 
David Gunn, it kind of slows down and he just sings. And it's more, they're all poetic, but like eyes, devil don't cry, write about us, state of nature, carve my name. Those are some of the standout tracks to me. But every track on here, I think, still stands strong in its own. I do like Fat Around the Heart. I do like Murder, Murder, Murder. Like, all of these tracks play a role, and I think they all add to the overall project in a very good way. And I think even with later albums, King 810 still does that. And with their mixtapes. And even Yavid, when he's doing his uh, rap, his, um, yeah, even Yavid, when he's uh, doing his rapping stuff. I think ultimately, just alone, David Gunn is a really good songwriter. I think he's a really good musician. And I would really highly recommend checking this stuff out, even though, yeah, it's angry. And that's because they're talking about essentially how they were raised, where they were raised, what it was like. It's not happy. But at the same time, I think it is also, I think ultimately it helps to humanize somewhere like Flint in a way, because it's not portrayed as a good thing. It's portrayed as a bad thing in a sense, but it's not just someone from out of town telling you it's a bad thing, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Like, you're yeah. being told what it is like, how it is from someone who's actually in it. And to me, that feels a lot more impactful than just someone from, uh, I don't know, bumfuck Iowa telling me that Flint is dangerous. Um, uh, are we ready to start with uh, ratings? Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to give the album a 10. I'm going to give it a 9. All right, I'm going to give it a 9. Okay, cool. Um, this will be another 9.7 out of 10 mystery meat sticks. Holy shit, we've had two near 10s this episode. Huh, but not a single 10. Yeah, no. We wah, just... wah, wah, wah. That's it. I'm dropping my um, light me up review number to a fucking zero. <laughs> Maybe Doctor Mac too. Come on, man. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm stupid and I can't do proper math. It's a nine point three out of ten mystery meat sticks. I'm so sorry. Oh man, yeah, That's yeah crazy. Mars of a murderer. Yeah, maybe if Kareem had given it a ten, he wouldn't have to make another decimal thing. Maybe you should tell us what your next album is for next week, huh? Oh, yeah, how um, about that? that is Trunk Music Three by Yellow Wolf. Your turn, fucker. Yeah, mine's gonna be Echo Silence, Patience and Grace by the Foo Fighters. What's yours, Kareem? Uh, Oh, you mean My Chemical Romance knockoff? <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the My mm-hmm. Chemical uh, Romance knockoff Kiss and their album Destroyer. Wow. I'm going to murder you in cold blood. The whole Kiss army is going to come after I us. I hate Kiss. I hope you guys I hope you guys know the whole Kiss army is just going to fucking beat the shit out of us. You <laughs> know, Kiss, Kiss makes face paint stupid. ICP what? makes face paint cool. Hey, yeah. did you know that I want to rock and roll all night long and party every day? 